Hey guys, check out Italian Wine Unplugged 2.0, brought to you by Mama Jumbo Shrimp, a fully updated second edition, reviewed and revised by an expert panel of certified Italian wine ambassadors from across the globe. The book also includes an edition by Professore Attilio Scienza, Italy's leading vine geneticist. To pick up a copy today, just head to Amazon.com or visit us at MamaJumboShrimp.com. Welcome to Wine, Food and Travel with me, Mark Millen, on Italian Wine Podcast. Listen in as we journey to some of Italy's most beautiful places in the company of those who know them best, the families who grow grapes and make fabulous wines. Through their stories, we will learn not just about their wines, but also about their ways of life, the local and regional foods and specialities that pair naturally with their wines, and the most beautiful places to visit. We have a wonderful journey of discovery ahead of us, and I hope you will join me. Welcome to Wine, Food and Travel with me, Mark Millen on Italian Wine Podcast. Today we are traveling to Tuscany, to the Chianti Classico, to meet my guest, Dr. Pepe Sheeb Graziani, who is the global wine ambassador for an important wine estate, Tenuta di Arceno. Good morning, Pepe. Thank you so much for being my guest this morning. How are you? All good. Thank you, Mark. Absolutely enjoying this opportunity to talk to you and all your um, listeners. It's a real pleasure for us, too. Now, Pepe, before we move on to talk about Tenuta di Arceno, tell me a little bit about yourself. I know you're a dual national of Spain and Switzerland. You hold a PhD in marine biology. And while doing your military service, You served as a Swiss guard in the Vatican for Pope John Paul II. How did you get involved in Italian wine? Well, uh, when I was living in Switzerland, uh, my neighbor was one of the most important wine importers of Italian wine there. So actually, in the wine business, doing babysitting for a wine importer. (laughs) That's the way I got in. Yes, I see. And you've worked for some impressive Italian wine companies, but you've been with the Jackson family now, the owners of Tenuta di Arcena, for quite a while. Tell us a little bit about that connection and about the Jackson family. When I was working 10 years ago with the Italian distributor of Tenuta di Arceno, I got to meet the Jackson family in California, and it was like love at first sight because It's a huge company, family-owned. We have so many estates just focused on quality. And that's also what we do in Tenuta di Arceno since 94, when uh, Jess Jackson and Barbara Banchi arrived to Italy, saw that place, and just bought a 1,000 hectares of land. Wow, so that's an amazing story. They have such an impressive portfolio of wine estates, both extensively across California, Oregon, and Washington, but also internationally. Tenuta di Arceno is the only Italian estate, is that right? Yes, as for now, that's what it is. Take us to the southern Chianti Classico. Take us to this historic Tenuta di Arceno. Tell us a little bit about the background and describe it so our listeners can get an impression of where you are. Yeah, so imagine in um, 93 when Barbara Banchi and Jess Jackson arrived to Italy, as you said, to the southernmost part of the Chianti Classico, they were looking for land because Barbara has always said that the land is the most important thing to own. 
they normally look for a big chunk of land because that's when you can really protect also your vineyards that are inside that territory. And they found in Casanova Veraldenga this thousand hectares of beautiful hilly countryside with so much history because already the Etruscan would have been producing agricultural products there. We had then in the 1500s noble families like Beltaia and the Piccolomini that started building houses, making like romantic gardens in there to embellish the property. But the agricultural part is what we really are so proud in Atenuta di Arceno. So it's a huge estate then, Pepe. It's a huge estate, but actually one thing that you have always to point out in Tuscany is that it's always intervened with nature. So it's not just a thousand hectares of vineyards or olive groves, but it's most of it are just woods or land that houses olive groves. 10% only has been transformed into vineyards. So really a natural, also aesthetical point of view, nice place to be and, and wander around. Okay. Now, Pepe, I joined a very interesting discussion with you and Lawrence Cronin, the Tenuta di Arceno winemaker, recently. And it was really fascinating to hear, to learn about how this extensive terrain, this extensive estate, has so many different terroirs within it. And that's one of the most interesting parts of the project, isn't it? How certain parts of the vineyard are more suited to certain grape varieties and indeed to concentrating on particular single grape variety wines. Yeah, that's correct. So when we arrived there in the 90s and Pierre Seillon, our French winemaker that produces for us also wines in our property in Verité, in Chateau Lassec, in Bordeaux. So with lots of interest in what he calls the micro-crew philosophy. So each parcel, each vineyard is looked at, what's the soil, what is the potential, which grapes should be planted there because of the soil, because of the exact microclimate that governs over that part of the estate. So it was divided into about 63 different blocks at that time. Now, because we got also another part of the estate at higher level, higher altitude, we have about a hundred different micro-crews. And these are all tendered, harvested, vinified, then put into oak separate, just to enhance really what gives a special character to the wines, to the grape the variety that is grown there. Okay, that's a really fascinating approach, that sort of micro-vinifications that help your wines to really have an identity of the land. What's also very fascinating for me, and I'm sure for our listeners, is how the wine production on the estate is, I think Lawrence explained, roughly about 50%, uh, 50-50 between Chianti Classico and Super Tuscan. Tell us a little bit about this divide. Yeah, that is correct. So we are located in the Chianti Classico appellation. 50% of our production is therefore dedicated to this appellation. So mostly Sangiovese, by law it should be 80%, and then 20% other red grapes. What we tend to do is to increase the Sangiovese because that is the most characteristic grape in the blend. And so even for the entry level, 
which is a little bit understating that wine, the Chianti Classico Annata, we use 85% Sangiovese and 15% Merlot to give a, a touch of freshness and red fruits to the wine. But then we get up to our Strada Al Sasso, which is 100% Sangiovese, Gran Selezione, really a fantastic wine. On the other side, obviously, because of all these differences that we find in our estate, which go from 300 meters above sea level up to now 650 meters above sea level. So, so many different expositions, so many different altitudes and soils allow, obviously, also to produce great wines with other grapes. So we have what we call the IGT wines, Indicazione Geografica Tipica Toscana, and there we produce three different Super Tuscans. One is a blend, and two of them are Cabernet Franc, single variety, and then 100% Merlot now for our Valladorna. Okay, so that is really fascinating. The altitude is such a range on the estate, but also these differences in terroir, in the makeup of the soil. How do you decide then, for example, where to plant? What would be better suited for Merlot, for example, or Cabernet Franc? in relation to the vineyards best suited to Sangiovese? So we have seen, for example, that Sangiovese likes very poor soils. Merlot instead, which is a very early ripening grape with climate change and obviously these very hot vintages and years that we are having lately, we have seen that it grows better in cooler parts of the estate. So you tend to have more loamy, sandy soils for the Merlot, plant them in places where it's not full day exposed to the sun and therefore get the Merlot ripening later in season as it would normally do. That's, um, for example, for Valladona, very, very interesting that we have Merlot that ripens probably two, three weeks later than normally in Tuscany the Merlot would ripen. Italian Wine Podcast. If you think you love wine as much as we do, then give us a like and a follow anywhere you get your pods. Okay, so that's really interesting. And and for Cabernet, the Cabernet Franc? So Cabernet Sauvignon is rather easier to find the right soil. Cabernet Franc, we have seen that is the grape that is performing best now in regards to the climate. So um, these last years, it, we really can say that the Cabernet Franc, whatever we have got the vineyards, it's performing well on rainy vintages, on cool vintages, but hot vintages or really dry seasons do not really affect the quality of this grape. Oh, that's interesting. So climate change is really being part of the decision-making process of where vineyards are planted, which vineyards do best to take into account this reality. We have regrafted a lot of our vineyards from maybe Cabernet Sauvignon or Merlot because we have seen they are not producing the quality we really like for our wines. And we have regrafted them to Cabernet Franc because that is um, now really a good choice for Tuscany. So you will see in the future not just from us, which started in already in uh, 2002 producing wines with Cabernet Franc, but you will see also more producers in, uh, in Tuscany with good Cabernet Franc wines. Yes. Okay. Well, 
Let's talk about two flagship wines, uh, Strada al Sasso, which you've already mentioned, the Chianti Classico Gran Selezione, and Arcanum, uh, which we've been talking about at the Cabernet Franc. I had a chance to taste both wines just the other night, and uh, complimenti, both are really beautiful expressions of grape variety as well as terroir. And though they're very different in style and taste, I think they share a beautiful concentration of fruit, a balance of acidity and tannin, and just a gorgeous elegance in the mouth. Although the wines I sampled, I I guess were relatively young, 2016, 2015. They had a beautiful drinkability, yet clearly are wines that will benefit from lengthy aging. Yes, so 2016 is not necessarily the most acclaimed vintage, but it has performed very nicely. It's a very elegant vintage, rather cool on the cool side, but gives you this super expression of Sangiovese in Chianti Classico. In the Strada al Sasso, in our Gran Selezione, what we are looking at is a vineyard planted in 97. And the two first hectares that we planted just below the little town of San Guzme, in Castelnuovo Ardenga, at 340 meters above sea level, from that two hectares where the best Sangiovese at all in the, at the estate grows, we take the best 35 barrels. So it's not only a Gran Selezione, it is a single vineyard, and it is also a barrel selection. So really the best of the best um, of our Sangiovese. Consider we have there about 15 different clones of Sangiovese planted on the same vineyard because we were experimenting with uh, the clones more adapted to that kind of soil. We aged the wine for 12 months in second-used oak barrels, French barriques, and I think the result is, as you said, very clean, fruity nose, and then that super elegance that you probably would only find in Brunellos of big producers. It's an absolutely gorgeous expression of Chianti Classico. Tell us a little bit for readers not familiar with Gran Selezione, because it hasn't been around for that long. What makes a Gran Selezione Chianti Classico. So the Gran Selezione was really invented or defined for the vintage 2010, the first vintages that you will really find. So it kind of elevates the Chianti Classico Reserva, which has always been um, on the market, to something specific of the estate. So you have to declare from the beginning that that single vineyard or that selection of grapes is going to make your Gran Selezione. You cannot bottle grapes that are not grown outside of your estate. So it really is a definition flagship of your estate. And it has to age for 30 months before you can release it into the market. Okay, so it's really a super Chianti Classico, defining both the terroir that it comes from, but also these uh, longer and more important aging restrictions or requirements. Yes, we call it the point of the quality pyramid in Chianti Classico. So it's really a small percentage of the wine that gets that classification and that into that typology of, of Chianti Classico. Now let's talk about Arcanum then. In contrast, an equally great flagship wine of the estate, but uh, different in style completely. It is completely different, but on the other side, it also shows the red thread that goes through our production. Even if it's an IGT, considered a super Tuscan, it shows the elegance that we can produce in Tuscany. So it's not that kind of concentrated, super rich, low acidity super Tuscan, but it has the kicking acidity 
that we always expect from Tuscan wines. And it is not a single vineyard like the Strada Sasso, but it is a blend of 12 different blocks of Cabernet Franc. So all around the estate, we have these different Cabernet Francs, different because the soil is different, the exposition is different. So the end product, the end wine is totally diverse. And the way the microcrew philosophy comes together in the wine is that Pierre Seillon and Lawrence Cronin, at the end of the aging process of the, of the wine in barrels, they start to taste the single barrels and they put together the wine, adding all these different notes, all these different micro-crews to give architecture to the wine. So it's not constructing the wine in the cellar, but it is giving architecture with the palette of colors that the vineyard gives to you. Okay, that's fascinating, a way of constructing it in the vineyard through these micro-parcels. Yeah, and the more you get into that philosophy, the more you see, oh, I can give from this here a touch of a bit more the, the um, acidity here, a bit more the roundness, get a little bit of uh, red fruit or black fruit, or and all these components get together. And then when you said like, wow, this is so complex. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I, I know what you mean in terms of, although the wines are completely different in style, there is this family characteristic, as you say, the bright freshness that comes from the acidity, making both wines so good with food, and also that balance and elegance. The tannins are very well integrated, and the use of oak is very, very precise as well. So I think really, too, beautiful wines. Now, Pepe, I'm not going to ask you which is your favorite child. I think I did ask Lawrence that question, but I think what's more interesting to consider is that with this range of wines from Tenuta di Arcena, we've only discussed a few of them, but they're such distinctive wines. And in relation to pairing them with foods, because I think these are clearly wines to enjoy with food, it's interesting to consider perhaps whether certain wines are more suited to different types of food. I mean, the Chianti Classico, uh, the Strada al Sasso, really cries out for a bistecca alla Fiorentina. It would just be divine with that. But Arcanum perhaps has a more sophisticated food. What is your, What are your thoughts on the wines matching with foods? I think personally that you should be drinking the wines with the food you like. So that is the best pairing. But then obviously on the other side, like you said, a Chianti Classico is paired better, and especially if it's a Reserva or a Gran Selezione with some red meat, Stecca Fiorentina or whatever, whatever red meat, like juicy steak you want when they are young. So make the difference. A young Chianti Classico paired with red meat, yes. If you go for our Strada Sasso with age and it becomes more delicate, all that umami comes out of the Sangiovese. I believe they are much better paired after that to some truffles or to some mushrooms, like a nice tagliatelle fungi porcini. You can have their like really nice experience on the pairing. With the Super Tuscans, obviously we go to like more refined food. We maybe uh, would pair to an Arcanum, to the Cabernet Franc, some really, how to say, savory stews made out of game. Wild boar is the first choice, obviously, in Tuscany. But in the northern part of Europe, we would maybe match to that some deer or some other game. 
Yes, yes, absolutely. I'm imagining all of those foods with these great wines and perhaps with the Merlot-based wines, what would you be enjoying those with? So drinkable, so beautiful to just enjoy drinking. The Valladorna, the 100% Merlot, which is coming out this autumn, the 2018 Valladorna. When it comes to game, I would say pair some birds like pheasants or, or foals, things like that would match very well. But on the other side, probably the best match is also to cheeses and the end of the dinner. That is uh, where I see Valladona just enjoying the, the silkiness of that wine. The silkiness, perhaps, with an aged pecorino. Okay. Now, final question, Pepe. Can you tell us about hospitality at Tenuta di Arceno? Our listeners like to travel and find and visit uh, the places that we talk about. And tell us about whether they can visit Tenuta di Arceno and what hospitality is offered I also believe that it is very important to get to know a winery, to visit the winery and see on place how it works, what it's done, what are the differences, why it is um, supposed to be good or not that good. What we have is a very interesting tasting room where we offer for the tourists. It's better to obviously uh, make an appointment to be sure that you have the time and, and dedication of our team there. Andrea and Federica will always um, welcome you there and taste with you the wines, explain the vineyards, show you around the estate. If you have a little bit more time, we have discovered uh, last year that in a secluded part of our forest, we have some uh, truffles. So from September to about end of April, we can organize truffle hunting at the estate. Yeah, which is very um, enjoyable because uh, you are out there in the nature with the dogs and it's quite an experience, I can say. When it comes to hospitality in the sense of um, overnight accommodations or so, we do not have that possibility to offer to the guests. But I highly recommend we work together with Castel Monastero, close to our estate, and other different places. It's really nice resorts that we have all around the estate. Also, Rapolano Terme, where they have the sulfur bars. So there's lots of possibilities. And Anyone who wants some more information can just write to us and we can give you good addresses that we highly recommend. Yes, well, that's great. Those sounds like wonderful places. And I certainly look forward to visiting Tenuto di Arceno. I haven't been yet, but I'm very eager to come and meet you and uh, learn more about the estate. You know, the invitation is open, so whenever you want. Thank you, Pepe. It's been a great pleasure talking with you this morning, finding out more about Tenuto di Arceno and the great wines that are being produced there. Thank you so much for being my guest today. Thank you, Mark. Happy to do that. I hope to see you soon. Grazie. Ciao, a presto. Ciao. Ciao, a presto. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of Wine, Food and Travel with me, Mark Millen, on Italian Wine Podcast. Please remember to like, share and subscribe right here or wherever you get your pods. Likewise, you can visit us at italianwinepodcast.com. Until next time, chin chin.